0: Well, I want to talk about fear tonight because it's been one of my biggest battles all my life. It's not fun living in fear. It causes you to do things that you don't want to do. It causes you to miss out on things that God has for you. So, if, uh, Jesse, if you could put that first scripture up, I'd appreciate it. It's James 5.16. 16 16 516 um, what it says is confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed the affected fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much so my first thing what I felt God said to do is to repent Repent to leaders of this church, of this body, for fearing and not following their lead. And, and the things that they've asked me to do have not followed through. I want to repent to you as a congregation. Because there's many of you out here, there's things inside of me that you can, that I should give to you, that God has put into me, especially men. And I haven't done that. I repent to my altar team members for not being a leader that I should be there. I want to repent to my children for being a fearful father, raising them out of fear. You know, fear has been around since creation. When Adam and Eve ate of the forbidden fruit, they hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves? Because they feared the punishment of God. They didn't understand the love of God. But they, but they turned around. Even Adam blamed somebody else out of fear. Eve blamed the serpent out of fear. even fear gripped the hearts of the israelites when the spies went in the land of canaan and 10 came back and said we cannot take this land because of the giants they eat us for lunch basically is what they were saying but the two joshua and caleb declared otherwise see the 10 had forgotten they forgotten what God had done for them in the wilderness. They forgotten the power of God when, he, when they crossed the Red Sea, the provision, the provision of bread that he pr- provided for them, the clothing, you know they pr- protected them from the sun. they forgot all that. And then there was David, he was very much afraid of, uh, I don't know, Achish, the king of Gath. If you put that up, 1 Samuel 21-12. Now David took these words to heart and very much afraid of Achish and the king of Gath. In that season of David's life, he was being pursued by the king of Saul. And he was running. He was fearful for his life. And so when he had got before the king of Achish, Achish or whatever, he feared. And so he acted like a madman. Because he was of the enemy. And so I think sometimes fear causes us to do things out of character. It changes our behavior. Even in the, the disciples, they feared. They saw Jesus walking on the water. And coming towards them. But guess what he told them? Be of good cheer, it is I. And then Peter was so bold, he asked the Lord to bid him to come. So Peter had, betook, you know, he had the faith right away to step out there, so he did. But guess what? All the waves and the circumstances surrounding him caused him to fear, and so he began to sink. And he cried out to the Lord, save me. How many times do we get in situations where storms of life and waves and things come at us? And. We get fearful and we don't press on to press through what God has for us. And then later on we see Peter feared when he denied Christ three times. How many times do we get in situations where God is wanting us to stand up for him, but yet we cower back. We take three steps back, basically. So we can't really blame Peter. We can't really condemn him. But we know later on that Christ restored him. Christ did not hold him guilty, guilty for it. So what is fear? Fear is a distressing emotion aroused by impending danger, evil, and pain. Whether the threat is real or imagined. So you know, if you're imagining your fear, guess who's playing with your mind? We have an enemy that plays with our mind. He makes us think things that are not real. He makes us question things like he questioned Eve. Like... He made Eve question God. As I, you know, we'd been doing RTF here. And uh, RTF has like 42 listings underneath fear. (coughs) Some of them are anxiety, bewilderment, burdens, dread, harassments, heaviness, horror, intimidations, Oversensitivity. Is any of us here (laughs) oversensitive at times? Oh, yeah. I am one of them. Paranoia. (coughs) And then they mentioned phobias. Well, I got online, I looked up phobias. There's like 542 phobias on the website I went to. Some of them are very repetitious. But there was a phobia for every letter of the alphabet except for the letter Y. <clears throat> I'm going to pick on the guys that are got beards around here, and there was a phobia for that even. <laughs> there's fear of beards. Yeah. How about fear of thinking? <laughs> and there's even one, a fear of the Pope. Oh, the Pope. Fear of the Pope. Yeah. And here, here's for you guys that are grown beards. Fear of razors. And there's many more. Some of them you don't even want to... Nah, you don't even go there. <laughs> I said, so why, why am I talking about this? For one thing, I need to get it out of my life. And I believe this is a step because a few years ago I, b- I gave a message. I don't know how many years ago it was, but I fell flat on my face. And I made a personal vow. I'll never do it again. But... Guess what? I'm up here again. I thank Bruce. He came and rescued me that time. He did. He came up there and he stood beside me when I fell flat on my face. That's a true brother in Christ. When a brother can come up and stand beside one, when one fails. Thank you, Bruce. But I really believe, too, we need to annihilate this out of our body. Because of the fact, because of, you know, you talk about the 10 get readies. How can we even go lead a city or even lead our church and grow in numbers when we're constantly cowering down in fear. We can't do that. We have to be strong in Christ. I'm going to give a little bit of a life story here. When I say this, when I talk about this, please do not judge in any way. Other people involved, or myself, because we didn't know no better. My mother was raised with an alcoholic parent. It was her father. She had no words of affirmation. In fact, it was times when there was even lack in their house, lack of food. She told me stories that they said sometimes they only had lard and bread to eat. And They didn't have good clothes to wear to school. They had to wear hand-me-downs, and they weren't new clothes. So what kind of fear is a young girl (laughs) when put in schools when you know you've got people that would make fun of her and think she's not worthy enough because of the clothes that she wore? I can't imagine, maybe someday she woke up in fear. I'm, I'm just guessing, but I, but I know what school is like. And there's sometimes school is brutal. Kids in school can be brutal, very brutal. Well, at the age of 16, she became pregnant. And I'm the result of that pregnancy. So basically, back then in the, you know, in the fift- early 50s, guess what? That was not accepted. That was not accepted at all. So you can imagine as a young, young mother having all these things coming at her. And guess where that fear went? It went into the womb. It went into me. And so I carried it. You know, even when my parents, they, had, they always had lack. They were always trying to make ends meet. I think in one season of their life, my mom worked days, my dad worked nights, and they were trying to farm at the same time. So what time did they have to spend speaking in the children's life? They didn't have any, you know, because of lack in their lives. They needed a financial need, and it wasn't there. You know, my mom, she always also said that, you know, you're lucky for what you have, which we were. But she always kept bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up, bringing it up. And so, it was fear coming in. You know, they, had, they probably didn't mean to do that. But, you know, they were looking at their situation. Because they didn't want us to be, she didn't want us to grow up in the same situation that she did, they did. They were good providers. They provided everything. Except they didn't know how to do certain things in life because they didn't know how to do it. Because of their situations. Even in school, Um, there was an incident one time, and this was a big one. I didn't reala- realize it. We were playing softball early in the morning before reset, before school started. Anyway, we, we were playing ball, and I made it to base, and the guy said I was out, and he started to push me off. Well, I pushed back. That terrified me. I don't know why, but I broke. I went off to be myself, and I sat down. And two guys came to me and they started putting rocks in my ears. That's bullying. So what happened to us is, is I, the teacher took me in. She took me in a gymnasium, and she didn't really support me at all. So I had to walk in and face the classroom again. I made an unholy vow. I'll never let anyone get close to me again. And that still sticks with me today. Because I made a vow, a secret vow. I'm breaking it off. I will not let you in very close. If you do get too close, <laughs> I just ask my wife. I'll clam up real fast. And she it's true. So as we look at this uh, fear, there's also... Fear of, of fear of authorities, fear of abuse, fear of being alone, fear of being attacked, fear of a victim, fear of being wrong. How many of you like that one? Do you like being wrong? What about a fear of conflict? I really don't care for conflict. I admit it. Because I you know why? I don't feel like I have the words to compete. What to come back with. Fear of death, fear of demons, fear of exposure. It goes back to the intimacy you see again. you getting close relationships. You're always scared so somebody else is going to expose you. That's a fear. And this is, another, this is one of my big ones. It's a fear of failure. I hate failure. That's why I don't step out too much. I'm always ta- doing things comfortable. I don't like being made to fail. But it's also another problem. I'm a perfectionist. When you hate to fail, you're a perfectionist. Fear of the future, fear of a heart attack, fear of inadequacy, fear of infirmities, fear of intimacy, fear of looking stupid. Fear of losing control, fear of loss, fear of man, fear of marriage, fear of performing, fear of poverty, fear of punishment. And here's another one. For me, fear of rejection. And then there's a fear of submission, fear of success, fear of the unknown and fear of violence. But as I was looking at this RTF and all the things that are deal with it, you know, a lot of them are all the biggest thing is they're all related to fear. There's other ones like uh, fear of dep- you know there's depression. that's, def- that's fear-based. Escape. You want to escape? What are you fearing? Why do you want to escape? And then fear of failure, they got that in there again, it says because fear of failure is your success, backslash, failure cycle, defeat, loss, performance, pressure to succeed and to strive. All these can be related to fear. I just wrote, I wrote down some things here what I feel that fear does. Fear keeps you from fulfilling your destiny, what God has for you, and keeps you from enjoying life. You know, God says, I came and I gave you life abundantly. And so if you're fearing, you don't get to enjoy a life of abundancy, a life in Him. Fear makes you weak spiritually. Unable, it makes you feel you can't unable to fight the good fight. Fear keeps you from walking in love. What about this? You you got all the farther I guess you get in. No farther, no more. Stay there. Even uh, when you're not walking in love, you can become jealous. Become jealous of someone. Especially when so- when somebody else has what you want, you become jealous, that is a fear that you're, that you're not going to get what they got. I think of Saul and David, uh, you know when David did, uh, run it, you know and then he was praying in front of the king and then he's thrown that spear. Jealousy was in Saul's heart. He was fearing because he knew what th- because God's anointing was on David. instead of supporting David, he was fearing and wanted to get rid of him. Keeps you from, uh, from confronting a person who may have done you wrong. Fear causes you to make, fear, excuse me, fear makes you not to make good decisions or no decisions. You're going oh, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm not going to decide to do that. No, I don't want nothing to do with it. Because I, I fear what's hap- what may happen. Fear what others may think of you. Feeling that you're not good enough, which in turn causes you to think, think God thinks of you in the same way. So if you don't have a good perception of yourself even, you think God doesn't like me. Fear can affect you the way you raise your children. Here's a big one. Here's another one. Fear keeps you putting off doing things you need to do today instead of tomorrow instead of tomorrow's but guess what tomorrow's never come and the problem is that the decision making or whatever you're facing is still there it's still there because tomorrow's never come they're always there the problem exists fear keeps your mind on yourself instead of what pleasing to God that's idol worship that is idol worship Which one? Okay. Fear keeps your mind on yourself. Instead, what is pleasing to God that is idol worship of self. Fear can make you legalistic. Judging others you uh you think of uh things you know like, oh, what did I do that for you know, like oh man, I could have done it better no because you when you pass judgment on others you're pass you're judging what God has put in that person, yeah. and they're doing what God had told them to do, and you may think it's wrong, but it's not because mm-hmm. God's doing it. God gave them the, the vision or, or a dream or gave them a prophetic word. Yeah, we're supposed to look at them, whether they're biblical or not. But be careful how you judge. If you're judging out of f- if you have fear because you don't like that person, you're, fe- you're doing it out of fear. Fear thoughts, they can bring punishment to your mind. Bring punishment upon yourself. If you have loss in your if you have loss, fear causes you to hang on to things. You become a hoarder. I do it. I really do. Ask my wife. <laughs> She'll tell you. You you sit there and you're trying to make a decision. Do I want to keep this or not? You know, it's just that, And you guess what? It piles up, piles up, piles up, and pretty soon you got a mess yeah. to clean up. So I guess the, I don't know what the rule of thumb is, but if you don't use it within a year, you might as well get rid of it. Something like that. Jesse, if you could put up Matthew 5, 14 through 19. Fear causes you to hide your light under a bushel basket. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill, sit on a hill, cannot be hidden. Nor do do they light the lamp and put it under a basket, but but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Don't hide your light. You've got to shine. We have to shine in this age. We have to let them know the love of God that's in us. We have to go out to the world to be the light in the darkness and show them the way. Let us be the light into the world and show them the way to the Father's heart and bring him his inheritance that he so desires. The same thing goes for like in Matthew 25, 24 through 30. It talks about the talent. He says, Then he who had received the one talent came and said to the Lord, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you have not sown and gathered where you have not scattered seed. And I was afraid and went and hid your talent in the ground. Look, look, there you have what is yours. But the Lord answered and said to him, "You wicked and lazy servant, you knew what I reap where I have not sown and I gathered where I have not scattered seed. So you ought to so you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and and at my coming, I would have received back my own with interest. Okay, we can stop right there. What talents do you have? What talents do you have that the world is yearning from you to give to them? Are you hiding your talents? I'm dim. I am, but not no more. Because if, ha- if you're hiding a talent, then God... Use that talent to, for his increase of income, in, in his in kingdom. Amen. So you got to use your talents. You got to use what God has given you. Don't hide it. Don't let it fall on you know even that light under the bush, Don't bury it into the ground, or don't be like the ostrich put his head in the ground. But let your smi- let let it out. Amen. You got to let those talents out. also fear can make you feel unworthy. (laughs) Unworthiness is a bad. I know for a while during my own life if I would fail at something, I felt unworthy and I would use words to cut myself down and they were not very pretty words. I didn't know even at the time when I've lost it, I wasn't looking into the author and the finisher of my faith. I wasn't looking into the light of Christ within me and what he says who I am. And so you've got to keep yourself in the word, declaring who he is and in your life. Failure. I found this on the, <coughs> excuse me, I found this on the internet, and I thought it was pretty good. This fear deserves a top spot because it rules over all our actions and our decisions. decisions. <coughs> we all do, and don't, and don't do it, things in order to avoid failure. Failure can be a lot of things, realizing you don't live your life the way you want to, not succeeding in your plans, finding yourself helpless, or in a worst case scenario, hitting rock bottom. Failure is a am- very ambiguous and subjective term because a failure is not on the same level as perspective for everyone. <coughs> Excuse me. some, failure is actually a way of learning lessons and try to, to try again. That's something I fail to do, but failure can be a good thing. You learn from it. Basically, you pick yourself back up, rely on God, act, talk to God, let Him say, hey God, show me where I failed. And He will direct you. He will lead you onto the right path. He doesn't want to see you fail. He knows you're going to fail, but He doesn't want to see you fail. But, but next time... You will see great, you will succeed in a greater way in Him and not in your own strength, but in Him. To some, failure is actually a way to learn lessons and try again, so it is not really an end, but they use it as a tool for future reference. The main fear of failing comes with disappointment and that follows the feeling that despite your effort, nothing seemed to go as you wished as it did. And it causes you to feel such that you might not even want to try again. Bingo. That is why this is the worst fear of all. The fear of failure is very often used as an excuse to procrastinate. Oh boy. That's me. Or do not want to make Make situations better. Why bother? I am just not good enough. Procrastination is one of my biggest, biggest, biggest things. And I got ten things here that might, that have a fear of failure. You might have a fear of failure. Failure makes you worry about what others think about you. I think we talked about that a little bit. Failure makes you worry about your ability to pursue your future desires. You know, God has given each one of us abilities. And it's up to us to find them and to do it, to use them as our best abilities at all. And sometimes we even get into things that are out of our ability, which I have done, and I failed miserably. And so it just causes you to fear and go back to the same cycle again until you find out what your niche is, What is God called you to do. You will not fail. Failure makes you worry about what people will lose interest in you. You know, they, you think, oh, I I failed so bad that, oh, no, they're just not going to think I'm worth anything. Failure makes you worry about how smart or capable you are. Failure is making, makes you worry about disappointing people whose opinion you value. How many people do you look up to and you're scared to fail in front of them? I do. I look up to people and and sometimes they have to bring a hard correction, which I'm thankful for. Very thankful for because it's a wake-up call. Get in, you know, you get in the boat. Let's go. You tell people beforehand that you don't expect you to, to succeed in order to lower their expectations. <laughs> I just did that about two weeks ago. We had a meeting and Chad was on the couch out there. We were sitting on the sofa and I told him I was preaching about failure. I instinctively told him not to expect too much. I did. And he pointed it out. And I'm thankful he did that. So you have so when God gives you something or when you get something and you don't think God ain't going to be worth anything or you ain't going to speak to somebody, you're wrong. It may help somebody. It may speak to somebody, and you know. Uh, so I had to say, "Okay, I'm sorry I did that." I had to raise the expectation that, no matter what I say, somebody's going to receive it, and maybe I'll say something that he will receive. I do mm-hmm. not know. But you just can't not lower that down to to the level where they don't think anything of it. Yet you expect the, you don't expect them to receive from you. Right. That's wrong. And even like tonight, I just I was fearing. I just didn't because I didn't think I had anything good to say think you know that maybe this is just going to be just you know just for me and not for you. I you know that's why I'm feeling, and let's be honest. once you fail at something, you have trouble imagining what you could have done differently to succeed. yeah, that's true. You often get the last minute headaches, stomach aches, or physical symptoms that prevent you from completing <laughs> your preparation. oh yeah. I was uh, actually hoping Mike would give me a call. Hey, we got somebody else that would <laughs> rather <laughs> give the message. Well, what should you on hold? <laughs> I really thought that. I was really, oh, God, please let that be happen. You, know. <laughs> you often get distracted at by tasks that prevent you from completing your preparation, which in hindsight, you, we were not as urgent as they seemed to be at the time. Oh yeah. I'd be sitting there, you know, preparing things and i say, oh, I better go do this. No, oh, I better go do that. That's so easy. So easy. So easy to try to escape from what you're supposed to be doing. You procra- you procrastinate and run out of time to complete the prayer preparation adequately. Then you get in a hurry. I've been there. I've done it and i probably even did a little bit on this even procrastination is bad it's bad news rejection the act or process of rejecting the state of being rejected something that is rejected basically you're not being you don't feel like you're accepted you think everybody's going to just push you off push you away decide the social fear is one of the main reasons people act the way they do. We tend to sometimes blindly follow the actions of others because it helps us to avoid dealing with rejection. We fear rejection because, like the fear of being alone, most of us can only justify our existence through the acknowledgment and acceptance of others. Wow. I, I rely on that so much of uh, being accepted by others. I do think sometimes just to say, "Hey, I'm accepted," when actually I probably should have said "No, let somebody else do it. Ask her; <laughs> she'll tell you." <laughs> I mean, it's just so we have to wait, be careful. You know, did God really ask me to do that at that time, or is it because I wanted to be, look at the kudos? per se, from somebody else, so I don't feel like I'm being rejected. Or that they're going to get the kudos and I'm not going to get them. There are people who, who argue that the acceptance from society as a mere illusion and that there is su- no such thing as a normal behavior from individuals within the society. In this case, then, why do you fear not behaving correctly in accordance with the, the culture of the norms? This is really puts the perspective of our whole ethical infrastructure in society. Is something really good or bad because society says so? So are you wanting acceptance from society, basically, to look good in society's eyes, or do you want to look good in God's eyes? If you find yourself comparing your circumstances or situation with others and you never seem to measure up, that's a sign of re- rejection right there. If you don't feel you can measure up and you, you know they're not rejecting you but you are rejecting, if you got that rejection on you, you can feel that you're not measuring up to the, their standards. You feel missed out of life and opportunities And now it's too late. No amount of encouragement is enough to convince you of your worth. I've had leaders speak into my life so much. and keep encouraging me. But in my own way, I say, oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. I've done it. And that's wrong. Because when you have a spirit of fear on you, you have a hard time accepting what others say about you. You don't think it's real. I've done it. I mean, I've I've had the leadership here speak good things into my life, and that's, uh, no, not really. Because you don't feel yourself as worthy of that. And that's wrong. You have to accept that because God is speaking through them into your life. Who you are, what you are, to God. And so you have to get past yourself again and so uh, you feel rejected if you're not greeted or acknowledged by leadership has that ever happened (laughs) I think it has you're constantly seeking approval by others and and suffer suffer from people uh, from, from people pleasing you suffer from people pleasing raise your hands if you think that's true You are easily offended or Im- embarrassed from discipline or correction. Oh yeah, I I have feared punishment. I have feared correction. I had a situation in a grade school situ- one time. That's probably. I don't know if any of you guys remember Dick, Jane, and Sally. <laughs> <laughs> there, you know. All right, there. We had a work page and there was a uh, picture of Sally and she was having her hand raised on a doorknob. One was different. I couldn't see the difference. And the teacher railed me in front of the whole class because I couldn't see it. And so that's where, ha- this is where that fear of punishment comes in because you were ridiculed in front of people, you were embarrassed. And so it, w- it just causes you to don't want, you don't, you know, when somebody says something to you, you don't want to hear it. You just want to back away and just, you don't want that punishment. You don't want that feeling. That feeling comes up again and again and again, and you have to, I got to get rid of it. It doesn't matter. Punishment is a good, it for good, brings good correction into the direction in your life you're supposed to go. It's not to be feared. Correction. Maybe we should use the word correction instead of punishment, but correction is good for your life. If somebody speaks into your life a word of correction, learn to accept it. Learn to take it. You feel like you're on the outside looking in during interaction with people. Sometimes you put yourself in your own your own self in that situation, or p- you, you, put you get away from them, you just oh, I don't, I'm not going to fit in. I'll just keep going. You believe no one understands you or what you're going through. It's wrong. That's a wrong thing, thought. Okay, what are some of the things we can do to get rid of fear? It's time for me to own up to my fears and take responsibility for allowing fear to control my life, not using my past as an excuse to live in fear today. Basically, what I'm trying to say, in other words, quit hiding behind your mama's skirt of fear. Get out, of, get out there and do what God has called you to do. We need to realize that there's an adversary who is very cunning, a deceiver, a liar, and according to John 10.10. 10. You can put that up, Jesse. The thief does not come except to steal, to kill, and to destroy. I have come that they may have life that they may have it more abundantly. you got to realize the enemies are constantly at all times, speaking things into your mind that aren't true. He's, there's nothing else he would like to do better than to destroy you right, right where you're at right now. If the adversary can get us into fear, he knows that we are not a threat to him or to his buddies. I like what Joyce Meyer said about fear. She said, demons will not hang around when you make positive confessions from the word of God. They flee. Here's a I went went through RTF and one of my things was of course a failure. And it was my this is my new godly belief. I'm a successful person. I have a renewed mind. Amen. And he will fulfill all he has spoken over me to do his perfect purpo- purposed will. Amen. And I found I was meeting um, with Tom, and he says, now you've got to put scriptures behind your new godly beliefs. So that's what I've done. to start getting into the, what my new godly beliefs are, and we've got to start digging in, and you've got to start lining them up with the scripture and the word. So here's a, here's a scripture. Can you put up 2 Corinthians four sixteen? Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward, ma- outward man is perishing, yet inward man is being renewed by day by day. So that's the renewing of the mind, yes. the internal parts. Uh, Ephesians four twenty two twenty three. 23. As you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, And Colossians three ten. And they have put on the new man, who is renewed in the knowledge according to the image of him who created him. These are scriptures that I you got to dig into, in your godly beliefs, because as they as you get into those scriptures and you look at these scriptures, they become real. They become life giving, and they give you the ability to fight off the darts of the enemy in your mind. You can declare these back by faith. You take it by faith. You live by faith and taking these scriptures and you just give it right back in his face. Fear. New godly belief. I have the full armor of God. I'm I'm kneeled down, kneeling down, and being knighted in a rod. Put it in my back. Can you put up uh, Ephesians six ten through 17, please? Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. Put on the whole armor of God, that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having girded your waist with the truth, having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and having shod your feet with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, which you will be able to quench the fiery darts of the wicked one, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God. I'd like to take a look at that word of the helmet of salvation. That's one of the last pieces of armor that you put on. And what is salvation? What is that helmet of salvation? It's the salvation of giving life from God. It also helps protect your mind. It protects your mind. With if a, dar- a fiery dart would get through, it protects your mind because, it also, because you can declare that God has saved me by the precious blood of the Lamb, and you can declare it by faith. And you don't allow those arrows to be pierced. And I, really, I, I don't have all the logistics on it, but yet I really think it's a real key that we live in. The helmet of salvation. Where does your salvation lie? Where is it? It is in, the, it is in Jesus Christ. And He's done everything for us. He took it all. And so we can stand in faith, having known that He has saved us from the corrupt man of this world that we can stand in heavenly places with him we're seated in heavenly places with him so uh, the helmet of salvation is the act of a saving or protecting from harm risk loss or destruction A state of being saved or protected from harm, risk, and so forth. A source, cause, or means of being saved to protect you from human risk. A theology deliverance from the power and the penalty of sin, redemption. That's what salvation is. I got some scriptures that, I, that I came up. There's a lot, a lot of scriptures in the Bible about coming against fear. And here's just a few of them. First Timothy 1 7. Everybody should know this. Oh, I think I did that wrong. Anyway, but that is not what I wanted. It says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of sound, of power, of love, and a sound mind. Second Timothy. Okay. Sorry about that. John, first John four eighteen. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made, but has not been made in perfect love. If you take it to work, take a look at that word love, God cannot love you anymore as he loves you right now. That's from Chris Gore. And that's kind of, you know, how can he love me? Well, he loves us unconditionally. I can I can sin, but yet he still loves me. He still comes along my side. He picks me up. He carries me through the muddy waters, and He still loves me. Because you know why? He doesn't want to lose any of His inheritance. He wants you to be in with Him in His kingdom. He wants Him right beside you. Beside Him, excuse me. Isaiah 41.10 Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will behold you with my righteous right hand. These are scriptures you can stand on and quote day to day. Right. Psalms 27:3. Though an army may encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though they war against me, th- this is what I, I this, in this I will be confident that my heart will not fear. Any, many many, things will rise up against you, but you will not fear. Amen. And the last one is 1 uh, Corinthians 14.33. For God is not the author of confusion, but of peace, as in all the churches of the saints. If Mike, you could come up and And worship team. I want the altar team to come up. Tonight, I really, God really wants to set you free. If you have any fears in your life, any fears at all, just come up and get free from it. Get up and free of it tonight. Take these words, meditate on them. You know, God God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He'll never leave you barren. He's always with you. There's so I, I wish I had more scriptures, but there's so many scriptures on fear, that overcoming fear. So as they sing in this song, just if you have a fear, you need to get rid of it. Don't be afraid to come up to the altar team. They'll help you walk through it. You know, there's a psalm, Psalms 23, and it says, The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures and leave me beside still waters. That's a scripture you can repeat over and over again. Though I would walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. And thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. You know, even Psalms ninety-one. You can use that scripture too. I just lost it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He who abides, in the, yeah, under the shadow of the wings. Yes. There's one. Th- there's there's some scriptures in there that is really q- cool and really key. He shall give his angels charge over you, and they shall keep you in all your ways. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra on the young lion and the serpent. You shall trample underfoot. Because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him and I will be with him in trouble. These are scriptures you can remember and to rely on. I believe there's one in Romans 8. I think I skipped that one. Romans eight thirty nine, or 38 and 39, or start at 37. Yet we, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither life nor death, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, or powers, thi- nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. So tonight, just come on up if you need in prayer.